Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Secure Retirement Podcast. I'm John Curry. I'm sitting here with two folks today, John Beck and Lisa Bretz. Today we're going to talk about something called dementia, the broad scope using that word dementia. And it's something that every one of us is going to deal with, either personally or someone that we know, someone we love and we care about. And during our conversation leading up to this, I learned something from John that was amazing. So, John, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your background, but get into what you're doing now as far as educating our community about the subject of dementia and share what you talked about regarding the restaurants and your uncle. So, John Beck, please. I will. Thank you very much, John, for allowing me to be here today. As I said, John Beck, I've been living in Atlanta, for, Atlanta, Tallahassee, for almost 20 years. I was used to work for S.C. Johnson and Family Company. And my story is that two years ago, I brought in an uncle from Louisiana to Tallahassee who has the mid-stage dementia. And I started and what I love to do with them and the only truly joy that he has in life, he does live at assisted living facility, he loves to go out to eat. And I take him out to lunch twice a week. And when all of a sudden I started taking him out to lunch and dementia is progressing with him, all of a sudden my world was shrinking. I could not go to a restaurant without worrying about him, either his dignity, because as a person with dementia, when you take them out to eat, they get agitated very easily in a new environment that they are not familiar with. It may be the lighting in a restaurant. It may be no pictures on the menu. It may be the sound of the restaurant is very loud. And when they do this, they get agitated and they say things that they, or do things that they normally would not have done a year or two years ago. And because of that, I was embarrassed of some of the things that he would say. And I got embarrassed and all of a sudden one day I said, do not get mad at my Uncle Andy, get mad at the disease. And when I used to have a card that said, please excuse me, I'm with a person with Alzheimer's, I would give it to the waitstaff. And most of the time, the waitstaff does a phenomenal job. But there are those people that look with him and they roll their eyes. And I said, this is not right. They need training. The waitstaff needs to be trained on how to deal with somebody with dementia. And for a year, I Googled everything. What type of, is there a dementia-friendly restaurant? And there is none. And three months ago, I ran into Dementia Care and Cure Initiative, which was established in 2015 by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs. And they developed a training program for restaurants. And I said, thank God I am relieved of this. And I said, in this training program, we will go into a restaurant. We will do a 30-minute PowerPoint presentation for management and their waitstaff. And this training includes looking at for the, sign, the symptoms of dementia, how to properly, properly edu- uh, uh, proper, one of the word I'm looking for, properly communicate effectively with our senior citizens and the resources available for them. Time out for a second. Wouldn't that apply to every business or every organization, not just restaurants? Yes, it will apply, and uh, hopefully years down the road we will get to the banks, and we will get to the drugstores, and we will get to the public's grocery stores, but we are not there yet because we do a lot for the caregivers, for the training and relief of them, but very little education is done in the business community. Right. 
They sit there and say, how does it affect me? My waitresses or staff or my employees are trained. It doesn't apply to them, but it does apply to them. Because about 25% of the people with a form of dementia will not even go to an establishment anymore. Right. Because they give up. Well, why should I do that? And those are the people that we should be tracking. These are the people that what you and I take for granted, going to a restaurant or going to a bank, they cannot enjoy. Key point you just made, we take it for granted because we're not aware of it. So you don't know what you don't know. Correct. And that's the problem we have in 44 years of doing what I do in retirement planning. So you pick, there are people who are listening to this. I promise you they're thinking, okay, why is Curry interviewing somebody on dementia? That's got nothing to do with my retirement. Yes, it does. It does because if you're the one who gets dementia and it becomes full-scale Alzheimer's, your life is going to change. Or if it's your spouse or if it's a loved one and all of a sudden you're having to give up your time and your money to take care of them, what just happened to your retirement? It's not so secure anymore. So what yeah. you're talking about, John, impacts everyone. The question is, when do we become aware of this impact? Because that 22-year-old weight person who's taking care of your uncle that might lose their cool or roll their eyes, as you said, they don't understand because they're not aware Correct. So they're not aware. So your passion <coughs> has become to educate people on this topic. It's obvious. Oh, yeah. Well, I think if you would have told me two years ago that a former dementia a person would have come into my life, I would have said, no way. No way will I ever be affected by this disease. And all of a sudden, 30 days later, my God, my Uncle Andy came into my life, which is both a gift and it is also a burden. Yes, and because of that, as they say, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? A recession is when you're out of a job. A depression is when I'm out of a job. That's right. So yeah. when it starts to impact you, oh my God, your life changes dramatically. And it is how the public respond. Most people with dementia, they respond to emotion, not logic. Because their brain is shrinking and their brain is dying. So it is that gentle smile. It is that contact. It is talk slowly, talks clearly. Those are the things that impact them. And they say they're not stupid. They may be losing their logic, but they're not stupid. Right. And they realize when that customer or that way staff looks at them, it's, oh, my God. It changes. It's like a light bulb. It goes on and off, and then all of a sudden it even gets worse. So it does have an impact on each and every one of us. It does. You just made me think as I was smiling. I was thinking of a lady, she's 91 years old. We were in a meeting one day at a lunch meeting. And my colleague is talking real loud to her. And she leans over and she puts your hand over here, Lisa. She goes, honey, it's okay. I'm old, but I can hear you. <laughs> and all of a sudden yeah. it hit him. Just because she was old didn't mean she, she couldn't, couldn't hear. hear. She said, my hearing is just fine. <laughs> I can't see worth the flip, but I can hear just fine. <laughs> I laughed so hard I was crying. <laughs> yeah, well, I think my number one goal, as you just mentioned, is awareness. Yes. They come in and they say, oh, my God, this lady forgets everything. Or why is she doing that? They're not aware that, you know, this person has a form of dementia. They're just forgetful. Well, no, they're not forgetful. So awareness is number one. And then education and training is number two. Well, let's, let's address that before we switch over to Lisa here. So you're in this position, or at least your organization is, where you can come in and do 
training, yes. uh, what does it cost the restaurant to bring you in? Nothing. Very good. So The only thing they need to pay for is for to have their staff to attend. And that's only a half hour. Which is a bargain. So let's just say that by the time you get everybody organized. An hour at the most. Correct. All right. Uh, I would like to speak with folks here at our firm. If if I can arrange it, would you come in and do a presentation at one of our meetings? Yes, I would be very happy to. We have, when we we have a full-scale regional meeting, we'll have maybe, what do you think, Jake, 70 people in the room? That'd be a great opportunity to spread the word. And uh, we'll do that. Maybe the two of you can do something together sometime. Okay, good. Yeah, thanks. All right. Uh, so we're sitting here with uh, Lisa. I'm going to uh, just tell them who you are, and then we'll ask John to talk about you a little bit because he's invited you to come in. Because originally, John and I talked at the Economic Club, and he was sharing his story. Some, and I said, ooh, that'd be a great topic for a podcast, and he followed up. But Lisa is the executive director for the Area Agency on Aging for North Florida. And I'm going to ask you to tell us more about that in a moment. But, John, is there anything you want to say about Lisa before we turn it over to her? Uh, One thing briefly. When I started calling on these 40 to 50 restaurants, I realized that was going to be a one-stop call. After I did the 40, 50, I can go to a thousand more restaurants. I said, no, now what we need to do is now we need to make the public aware. How do I, instead of a one man calling on restaurants, how do we get the word out? How do I sow the seeds? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, then I started visiting all the different agencies, the Alzheimer's Project, the Alzheimer's Association, the area agency. I wanted to spread the word. And this is where I met Lisa. And I think the first time I met her, we had an very personal conversation. And I said, my God, Lisa, this is bigger than just dementia. We need to get the word out what you are doing to all the senior citizens. We are the fastest growing population in Leon County and the state of Florida. And and the the world, actually. Yes. Yes, I believe there's eight people per day come and move into Florida, and half of them are 65 years and older. So, Lisa Brett with the area and agency, my very good friend, turn it over to you. Please tell us who you are, what you do. A lot of people will not even know who the organization is, so please just tell us what you do, who you are. Thank you, John, and and you're absolutely right. Over 40 years of business and people still don't know what an area agency on aging is. Um, We are really a valuable resource to the community in helping connect individuals to information and resources to help people age in place, um, to help older adults understand how they can get their issues addressed, whether it be they feel they're victims of fraud or scams, or they know that they need some help to take care of themselves at home, what's available that, that can that can help them do that. Um, you know, we have personal care services, homemaker services, a whole variety of home and community-based services that can help people remain independent in their homes. Sometimes you just need a little bit of help to be able to do that. All right. How long have you been with the agency? So April will be 24 years with the agency. 24 years. Walk us through what you have seen because I got introduced 30-something years ago because of my friend Jim Drake yes. way back when, but, uh, yeah, at least 30 years ago, back in the 80s. So just walk us through what you've seen during your time of service there. Well, our planning and service area covers 14 counties. Um, We're all the way over west to Bay County and to the east, Madison and Taylor. So we have a large geographic area, but a very small population of elders when you consider the other parts of the state. When I started with the agency, 
we, the majority of elders were really, really young. They were in the 60 to 64 age group. Excuse me, how would you define today the age when someone says elders? What is that? What age? Am so, I an elder? I'm 66. Am I an elder now? For our programs and services, you would be potentially <laughs> eligible to receive a care, yes. So 60 years of age and older is the average age for our 60. programs. Now, one program with the Alzheimer's Disease Initiative that ties very well into the Dementia Care and Cure Initiative, we serve individuals as young as 18 years of age and older. So there are individuals who are living with memory impairments mm -hmm. as even younger than 18, right. but that's the design of our program. What would you say is the majority of the work that you provide, let's say locally right here in Tallahassee, Leon County? What's the biggest service? So the largest service that we provide is access to the statewide Medicaid-managed long-term care program. Individuals who are seeking uh, long-term care services through the Medicaid program will contact our agency, will conduct a telephone screening, will help make sure they understand what documents um, they're going to need to have in place to complete the eligibility process. And once um, they're added to our list, each month we'll get notification that we can add additional people to the Medicaid program. We'll contact those individuals and help connect them to an enrollment broker. They can then make a choice of what Medicaid um, managed care program they want to be enrolled in. Okay. So walk us through that process. Okay. I Either I myself want the care or somebody I love and care about. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even, it goes back to awareness, they don't even think about this until it hits them. Right. In our planning, when we're doing retirement planning and the legal document part of it, sometimes we'll have elder law attorneys get involved and help us with that. Mm -hmm. But most people don't want to think about it. They don't want to take the time to do it until it's too late. Right. So what advice would you offer people who are listening to this going, wow, that's me. I don't want to talk about it. I'm reluctant to even think about it. Mm -hmm. What advice would you offer them? I'd offer them that we have a very valuable resource called the Elder Helpline. It operates statewide. It's a toll-free number. Um, you'll be connected to the nearest area agency on aging. Mm -hmm. And you'll talk to an information referral specialist that will listen to what your concerns are, what your questions are. They might provide some of the counseling of um, available services or help ease your mind to understand that you know, there are programs that are designed to help people. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your situation. We'll figure out, does that fit into the mission of the services that we provide? And if so, then they get connected to, and most likely it'll be connected to a Medicaid benefit counselor on our staff that will help conduct a telephone screening and assessment, help make sure they understand what they're going through this process for. Um, you know, it's not a false hope to put somebody on a wait list. There are prioritization procedures that we follow, so it's a very structured system. And I know hearing wait lists can sometimes intimidate people. But when we're talking wait lists, these individuals, if they have high priority, that wait list time could be about 30 days. It's fast. It's fast. <clears throat> um, um, and we're very fortunate to have this structured system in, in our state. I'm very proud of what Florida is able to accomplish to help people access long-term care. Our purpose of the, with this podcast is to help people. So feel free to give out 800 numbers, mm -hmm. websites, anything that you feel people could get. Mm -hmm. uh, let's help them give them all the data we can. I think the best number that, that uh, people can have in their toolbox when you're talking about aging-related issues is 1-800-96-ELDER or 1-800-963-5337. Repeat that one more time. 1-800-963-5337.
Very good. Um, locally, what would you say is your biggest challenge from the standpoint of helping the people in this community who need your services or should use your services? Well, the greatest challenge um, when you're talking about publicly funded services is funding availability. Yeah, money. Money. But one of, I think, honestly, I think one of our greater challenges is that people, comes back to Dementia Care and Care Initiative, the same challenge is awareness. People need to be aware that these are not charity programs. These programs were designed by the Florida legislature and the federal government to address healthy aging. And sometimes to have healthy aging, you need a little bit of help. And that's okay to ask for help. We're here to help those individuals. So a lot of it is that we need to let people know these services exist and, more importantly, how to access them. So you're a nonprofit organization that you're providing services in conjunction with government services. Yes. So the, our major funder is the Florida Department of Elder Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, they are also the ones who founded the Dementia Care and Cure Initiative. Um, most of our resources um, are in conjunction with what the Department of Elder Affairs uh, provides. So um, we'll have home and community-based services. We also have the Older Americans Act. That's the federal government that funds that program. But the Department of Elder Affairs also oversees administration of services through that program. Since we're talking about funding and money, some people listen to this and say, well, anytime you get the feds involved or state government, legislature and Congress involved, they waste a lot of our money. So give us some reassurance from the standpoint of, okay, if I wanted to contribute and make a, a donation, how do I be assured that my money is being used wisely and not wasted by these knuckleheads in Tallahassee and Washington? As a nonprofit, I think that's one of the benefits. Um, I can assure you that the money is going to go back into programs and services. I have 14 wonderful agencies that I can refer you to to um, invest your donations into that will help individuals um, have healthy, nutritious meals mm-hmm. on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, be able to get to the doctor when they need to, be able to run other essential errands. Transportation, lack of transportation is a major challenge for older adults when, when they give up the privilege of, of driving. Yep. Um, but just that assurance that those, those donations help continue to expand our programs. So if somebody were to write you a check for $500 or $1,000, that money stays locally or does it go to all 14 counties? They could. I would encourage them to designate it for which county. They can do that? Yes, sir. That's great. I see. I like that because if someone is thinking, okay, I want to help out, but I want to make sure it stays in my community, they can do that. Yep. And those that are listening because we have people all across the country listening to this stuff. So... That's good to know. All right, what what other items would you, since you got the floor, mm-hmm. want to tell our listeners about what you guys do? We have a whole variety of other um, educational programs that we can offer the community. Um, one of the larger challenges that we see these days is people being taken advantage of. Um, There are Florida laws that help protect vulnerable elders Mm -hmm. from abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Um, I think people need to be aware of elder rights just because a person, and and we can tie this back to individuals with dementia, um, they they are prime targets. Yes, they are. And we need to make sure that their family and caregivers and the individual themselves understand what their rights are 
what does elder abuse, neglect, and exploitation look like? And what can you do about it? Who can you report this to? How can your concerns be, be listened to and your problems resolved? You know, in our world, in the financial services world, as uh, financial planners, retirement planners, we have to take training so that we can be aware that if somebody, okay, is that person really understanding mm-hmm. this? Is there any sign of dementia? You know, and there's protocol as to how to handle it. Because if you don't do it properly, you could really upset some people. Absolutely. You know, not only the person, but also the family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's not an easy task. And, you know, we, you know, <clears throat> caregivers, we want to make sure they understand you're, you're going to get stressed. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days, um, you know, with the loved one you're, you're caring for. And you need to keep, keep your emotions in check. Yep. And you need to be aware it's okay if you have a bad day, but how does how do you handle that bad day so it doesn't cross the line of abuse? I went through that with my mother on Sunday uh, to the point of where I felt like I was 10 years old again being told what to do. Go do this. Tell the nurse this. Go down do this. Go get me a Coke. I'm sitting there going, okay, what I really want to say is, Mom, <laughs> i get it when I'm ready. I didn't. Just went and did it and came back. And then lunchtime, you know, helped feed her. So... There's a, there's a lot there, and I've benefited from the standpoint of being able to help her because my dad had cancer, and as I saw him die, mm-hmm. uh, August be four years, he was in hospice, and I just saw him deteriorate. And there's just so many needs, and there's not enough time or money to go around. And there's no way you can get to everybody, mm-hmm. so you just have to be aware, and hopefully the people who need it can get to you and find you. You know, if, if we're fortunate enough to find wonderful volunteers like Mr. Mm-hmm. Beck, um, we can make those dollars go so much further. Right. There's always a need for volunteers in, in any nonprofit, but especially in the elder industry, you know, we are the fasting gro- fastest growing population, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, elders are going to surpass the younger generations. We, we need people to come in and have an opportunity to see what it's like in the day and life of one of the agencies that administers our programs. Meals on Wheels, for example, mm-hmm. great volunteer program. Yeah. The program operates on volunteers. Elder Care Services here in Leon County has one of the best operations around. Yeah. Um, there's there's opportunities to plug in somewhere. My uh, Rotary Club helps with that. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't done it for quite a while myself. It's time to do it again. Talk a little bit about uh, the time, the volunteers. So think about it in terms of folks listening to this. Is time and money. Mm-hmm. It's not just your money. Some <clears throat> people can write a check uh, for a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. Some say, I don't have money to give. But mm-hmm. talk about how they could donate their time and help out. Where do you need help? You know, um, each of our lead agencies, when I talked about the 14 counties, we have a lead agency in each of those counties. They all have needs. Um, Pardon one second. Explain what you mean by lead okay, agency. So lead agency, that's a term that's... Um, highlighted in the Community Care for the Elderly Act. That is one of the programs that we administer. And a lead agency is the designated agency in that community to coordinate services for older adults. And those are the agencies that we contract with. Um, They have a great deal of need for volunteers. Um, Activities at, at meal sites. We have congregate meal sites. So you've heard of Meals on Wheels. We also have places where older adults can come and congregate to enjoy fellowship and, and a nutritious meal. So volunteers at those meal sites to help activities with activities. Um, we have uh, certain programs have volunteer drivers. Now, that's a liability issue, so each agency may handle that differently. Sure. Um, we have the need to help um, with telephone reassurance, having volunteers just make a friendly phone call every day. 
not all of our agencies are fortunate enough to have an, a rich volunteer base like Elder Care Services does here for their Meals on Wheels programs. So some of them only receive their meals frozen once once a week. So they see a volunteer once a week versus Elder Care who sees them five days a week. So that telephone reassurance program is a valuable resource to, hey, how you doing today? Is everything going okay? Is there anything that you need? They can report back to their case managers. I called Miss Smith, and today she said she's she's not feeling well, and she has a prescription waiting for her and has no way to get it. So being able to connect that, those individuals with daily needs. Um, but th- that's just that's something anybody can do from their home. They don't have to come into the agency to make those phone calls. Nice. What do you do locally to for your area agency to raise money? Our agency actually has chosen, and this is 40 years back, our agency decided not to be a fundraising entity, um, particularly because we'd be competing against our own providers. Um, so each of our lead agencies is required to raise 10% match for Community Care for the Elderly and Older Americans Act. And so they all have a, their own fundraising campaigns. Um, I know here at Leon County, since we're here, Oktoberfest is one of Elder Care Services' largest, largest fundraising efforts. Right. Um, they also um, will have occasional um, drives. Like I know we've all heard um, we're in winter, so they've done blanket drives. Um, they're probably nearing summer. We'll be doing a fan drive if they haven't started that already. Um, so it can come in goods and services and, and financial support. But those are all designed at the local level. So if somebody wanted to make a donation, you, you accept that or not? You just don't go do fundraising? Uh, on occasion, we'll get a <clears throat> random check in the mail. And, you know, they, they just may have talked to somebody or um, heard about us somehow and wanted to make sure that, that those dollars go towards somebody's care. Um, but for the most part, if somebody call, were to call me and ask me, where can I donate? I'd, I'd ask them, you know, let them know about the communities that we serve ask them if there's a particular community they wanted that money to go to, and give them the contact information. That's nice. So instead of just saying, give me your money, you're identifying where that money's best useful. I mean, I will tell you, you know, when we had Hurricane Michael come through, our agency was desperate to try to help these communities, and as were many other individuals in the community, what can I do? And one thing that we, we knew there were drop shipments of water and basic supplies going to these communities. We wanted to be elder-specific. Um... People that were receiving weekly drop shipments of adult um, disposable diapers and nutritional supplements such as Ensure and Boost didn't have a way to get that drop shipped. You know, addresses were literally blown away. Yeah, they were gone. So we saw one client last week who they they they're in a position where their mail was going to Orlando yeah. instead of to Panama City. Yeah. So we did a local drive and we were able to get those supplies out to those communities. The community here was very responsive and supportive and we were able to help for that temporary period of time while EPS and all the other delivery sources got the um, their GPS systems up and operating to help them through the through the okay. community. It sounds like just listen to you that really your biggest issue is making sure people know what services are available. Mm-hmm. And then you serve as kind of like a a guide, go here, go here, go here. Yep, that's exactly what we do. Okay, and and that is the greatest challenge. I think a lot of among a lot of nonprofits, I think our challenge is, is getting awareness, getting our messaging out there. Um, it, but most important, you know, I'm not here to highlight just the area agency on aging. If it weren't for the providers that we contract with, we would not have a very strong system. But we do have a very strong system of care, um, caring individuals, caring communities, 
caring organizations. Talk a little bit about specific things that your agency does. Forget about the other agencies mm-hmm. for a minute. Let's be selfish and talk about Lisa and her team. So tell us more about that. You know, when, when we reflect back on the Dementia Care and Cure Initiative, you have people that are receiving a diagnosis if they've gone through the proper channels, and that's one thing that we're trying to educate them is the memory disorder clinics in Florida are a great resource to help a person understand Yes, I I think I have a memory impairment. I'd like to have a diagnosis. What's going on? You know, just because we're aging doesn't mean we're going to get dementia. Sometimes we're just naturally forgetful. And I've recently heard that's a sign of intelligence. (laughs) But, um, okay. Some of us have selected selected memories too, you know. Yes, they do. (laughs) But, you know, you get a diagnosis and just like any other disease, okay, I've gotten the diagnosis. Now what do I do? So if you're diabetic, you're going to be medication, and you're going to change your diet, right? If you have a certain type of cancer, there's certain treatments that you're going to be be following. With dementia, you're going to eventually need supportive assistance to remain in your home. We don't, you know, you get a, if you get a diagnosis of dementia, that does not equate to an immediate death sentence, nor does it equate to an immediate nursing home placement. So our organization is here to provide, and I, I do really like to call it, we, we provide the hope the connection to resources that can help a person navigate their long-term care. We're not going to dictate that long-term care path. We're going to let people know what those options are, help them understand what kinds of questions they need to be asking people who are involved in planning their care. Um, So we refer people to financial planners. We refer people to uh, elder law attorneys Mm -hmm. because we don't have all the answers. We're not the experts in everything, you know, aging. Right. But we have partnerships throughout the community and valuable resources in the community that we help link people to. Yeah, it's difficult to be expert in everything, isn't it? Yes, sir. It would kind of water down the word expert. Yeah. John, I see the wheels turning over there. Based on what Lisa's been sharing, anything you want to jump in and join us with? Well, I agree, Lisa. 70% of a person affected with dementia lives at home with a spouse. 14% will live by themselves. That's 84% of the people with dementia be living within our community, not an assisted living facility, I think is very important. Mm -hmm. So that's how come they they shop and they should be inclusive in what we take for granted we talked about before. Right. And it makes the point that very few people as a percentage will ever go to assisted living or nursing home. Correct. They cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. Most of them cannot. And that's that's when we're seeing these individuals. They're they're tap, they're tapped out in the resources, and now they have no financial um, resource to provide for that long term care. So they're coming to us to look into applying for Medicaid. Right. Well, one of the things that I learned when I was getting my master's degree in financial services, I was amazed. There was two courses I remember clearly. One was on income taxes, history of income tax. Another was on dealing with long term care issues. And they didn't say it's because of Parkinson's or mm-hmm. dementia or whatever. They said, look, long-term care could actually occur for a person 30 years old. You dive off a diving board. Mm-hmm. You you hit the pool and you're paralyzed. Guess what? You now need care. Your world has changed. Yeah. Car accident, you're paralyzed. Your world has changed. So it's not just about old people. Correct. It's about all people yeah. from the standpoint of you could lose your ability to take care of yourself. And that's why we like to get people like the two of you sitting in front of this microphone because you can tell your story better than we can. And we are educating people on topics that unless they 
unless they are directly involved or some dear friend happens to tell them something or a family member, they're not going to know about this. Yep. They don't know about it. All right, so uh, as we wrap up here, what would be the things that you would like to share with our listeners that they should do or really just any thoughts you've got that you want to end with? There's so much. I, I think I'm I think I'm going to say that I would like you all to pocket the elder helpline phone number. 1-800-963-5337. You can call us about anything. If it's not something that we're experts in or knowledgeable about, we're going to find out who it is you need to talk to. I think that's the greatest resource that that I can offer the community um, and, and my colleagues around the state. We're we're answering calls all day, five days a week. We talked earlier before we got on the call on the podcast here. So I want you to come to some of our seminars because I think if all we did is give you five or ten minutes just to stand up there and tell people what you do and what your organization can help with, um, it, it'd be a, a help to a lot of people. Well, I saw John in that first five minutes of meeting him. Yes. I'd love that opportunity. Good. Good. John, how about you? Anything you want to end with? Um, I think I don't think most people are aware of how many people are living in Leon County with dementia. I have to offer 4,300 people with living with a form of dementia. You are talking 2.5 caregivers for every person. So you're talking 12,000 people there. So you're talking almost a community of 20,000 people. And I don't think our business community understands the need that there are so many people out there. And I do believe that, unfortunately, there's a little stigma attached to that. I don't want to have a restaurant, I don't want to invite, the, you know, one flu, if the cast of one flew over the cuckoo nest into my establishment, there is a little stigma attached to that. Right. But if these organizations do not respond to the needs of these people, they will pay a price down the road. And I truly believe in years down the road, four or five years, there will be a law that every business will go through a training program, just like they do ADA now. Mm -hmm. There will be a training program in years. So if you're a community leader in this community, step up to the plate now. Receive the training and start welcoming these people. What is my goal? That's a good segue into something uh, regarding the training. You made a comment about going into restaurants. Yes. Is there a place of where people can go get the training, like uh, in the evening or like a seminar like we do for people? Is yeah. there a place for that? There, there are a variety of resources. I know in town the Alzheimer's Project yes. offers a great um, training uh, curriculum to help caregivers understand what the signs, symptoms of, um, of dementia look like. The Memory Disorder Clinic, Vicki Rose, the coordinator of the oh. clinic, travels all over. She has uh, the same counties that I do. Um, so she's getting out doing a lot of these trainings. And through our local task force, we have members that can provide the education. So we have done evening, we've done morning, we've done midday. Um, I think you even had coordinated a couple weekend presentations. So Yes. Would you be open to us trying to build a seminar? I've never done this. Okay, It's always been about the retirement planning. But would you be open to uh, us talking about doing a seminar where we invite people to come in? And you, instead of doing it through a microphone, you're in front of a group? I think we would have no problem coordinating that through our Dementia Care and Care Initiative Task Force. I think we could help a lot of people because if we have 80 people in the room and they're going out and telling people about it, that's helping you, it's helping them, and it's also helping us spread the word that we want to get out. 
We'll talk about that. I think it'd be good because especially what you're trying to do. You see, when you were talking about the restaurants, the first thing that popped in my head is everybody, yes. everyone needs that training, whether you work there or not. I mean, we need it just when you're encountering someone. I was walking through the nursing home, not nursing home, it was a rehab center uh, in Geneva, Alabama, uh, Sunday, when I went to see my mom. And then the week before that was in Dothan, Alabama, before they moved her. And it's amazing to see the number of elderly at different stages. Some who, you know, they're totally out of it. Mm -hmm. They're just sitting there, mm -hmm. like a, almost like in a trance. Others that are very bright. Others that are in the wheelchairs coming down the hallway. Hello, sir, how you doing? I stop and chat with them. It's delightful, you know. But, but, but also, you're right about the stigma, John. Yes, there is. There's that stigma, and there's, there's also the person that my mom was with before uh, sharing a room who would just lose her cool and scream and carry on and be on the phone cussing at her son and daughter. So, so we have to understand that the brain's different at that point. And we, we want individuals to feel comfortable, individuals who are going through this journey, to feel comfortable call, calling the elder helpline or calling a, a trusted friend and letting them know what they're going through so that we can help get them through the system of a proper diagnosis. It doesn't mean it's Alzheimer's. It could be a reversible type of dementia. There's medications. There's diet changes. There's a whole variety of things could, that could help reverse certain dementias. So don't be afraid. So also, what you're saying is don't assume. Don't don't assume. Just because you're forgetful that you have a, a, a that you have Alzheimer's because yeah. that, as John said, that's one form of dementia. I'm gonna I'm gonna end my part on this with a thing that happened to me. I won't use the name because somebody some somebody on this uh, listening this will know him. So I had a very dear friend that we would, you're talking about having lunch with your uncle. We would have lunch once a month. And he liked fried catfish. So I would take him to Crystal River Seafood and we'd eat fried catfish. So this was always on a Friday. So we're sitting there on North Monroe, Crystal River. And I could tell a few times, he, he, you could tell he had forgotten who the heck I was. So at one point, drinks his tea, puts it down, and he says, John, you know what's really good about having Alzheimer's? I said, I can't imagine there's anything good about it. He said, oh, man. I meet new people all the time. He said, hell, I've met you five times today. <laughs> and I started laughing. He started laughing. And he said, now, that's what we should be doing. Instead of walking around sad and gloomy, we need to understand my brain's the way it is. I can't change it. Now, I can get angry at times, and he did. Uh, but he had moments like that, John, of where he, it made it real. Yes. And you understood that it was okay. It was okay to crack a joke and laugh about it. But I, I, I was sitting there, I was stunned. I'm like, what could possibly be good about having Alzheimer's? <laughs> yeah. Well, now there is one more benefit. You can hide your own Easter eggs as well. <laughs> so, I'm an Easter egg. I'm uh, up but I think one, um, my last point, we need, to, we need to also have the public. We need to have them go to their restaurants, go to their store and say, look, there's a need for this. Yeah. Because that business is not going to make, see a need until people start going to them and say, yes, would you go through this training we, for me, for my mother, for my uncle? We need to make that awareness, put the pressure on the business community as well, and then they will start to see more of a need, and it will grow from there. Yep, I agree.
Thank you so much for being here, Lisa. Thank pleasure. you. Good seeing you again. Uh, thank John, you, John. Great seeing you. Thank you so much. Folks, I, I hope that you will take the information you've learned today, use it, and uh, spread the word. Help us get the word out there and let people get training. Again, thank you so much. Thank you. If you would like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.